Welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. I'm your host, Chris Revel, coming from the Cat Cave in Providence, Rhode Island. I'm actually recording this episode and this intro at the What Share Writers Club in downtown Providence. So thank you, Jody, for all your help today. Uh, this is a fantastic episode. Uh, so I've been a fan of Nathan's work since I was 16, 17 years old, thanks to Christopher Riley giving me his CD, uh, Voice It's Fire, after the eulogy on the back of the bus in high school. Uh, Nathan's actually been on the show a couple of times uh, a few years back from when he was doing Nathan Great Collective, and we did one episode where he let me just geek out about Voice It's Fire for the hour. So this is kind of cool to come back a, a third time to promote his tour with another one of my favorite artists, Frank Turner, who I fucking love, um, who Nathan is actually on tour with right now, and if you listen to this in real time, um, if I'm recording this beforehand, but this Friday, October 8th, this will be coming out on the 11th. Um, I will have already seen Nathan open up for Frank Turner at FET Music Hall. I promise you it was an incredible show. I know it is. I've seen both Frank and Nathan live several times. Uh, just I, I can't even tell you how much of a fan. I mean, I've been a fan of Voices Fire, the casting out, I Am Hearsay, Nathan Gray Collective, and now, now just Nathan Gray. And this kind of felt like a real homecoming episode for me because, um, you know, when I... If you're a fan of the show, there's a period where life got really hard and I ended up having PTSD. I lost a bunch of episodes. One of the episodes I had lost was an episode I did with Nathan and his bandmate uh, for Nathan Gray Collective. I had lost my audio, but I had saved theirs. And I went in and re-recorded my side. And it was, I don't know, it was one of those moments where I was like, fuck this, I'm quitting. And, um, you know, to come back a few years later with a show bigger and stronger ever and getting to talk to one of my personal heroes and almost at like a peer level is really, really incredible. And um, so I remember seeing that Nathan got added to the Frank Turner tour and I had commented on Instagram. So we were chatting on Insta and it sold out and Nathan being the nicest man in the world and really really truly is uh was super nice and he said i'll put you on the guest list so i'm going to see frank turner and nathan gray my two favorite artists on friday for free at a sold out concert and um i don't you know with covid i don't know if we'll actually get to interact but a, possibly a, a socially distanced hello will be nice and and just over the moon this was such a fun episode uh so nathan's got a new album out uh, you can pre-order called Rebel Songs. He does a song with Tim McGrath called Rebel Songs with from Rise Against, which I absolutely love. You can hear on Spotify. He also does a song with Frank Turner called Say Anything that I've listened to a million times. You'll hear me in the episode try to convince him and Frank to uh, do a cover of uh, Queens Under Pressure because I really, I really think those two could do it. I think Nathan would have to be the Freddie Mercury and Frank would have to be the David Bowie. But we're going to make this happen, people. Uh, just, you know, check him out. On that tour, I think October 29th, Nathan will be playing. Uh, Nathan's playing Fest, which is really cool. And uh, you know, he's going to Europe next year. He's got a lot of really cool shit coming up. Uh, you know, it's this is a really interesting episode because you know I, I work in behavioral health. I work in recovery. I've gotten to work with many people who are survivors of childhood sex abuse over the years. It's really truly an honor. And Nathan opened up about it with his, la uh, his solo album Herald uh, Feral Hymns and started kind of openly talk about it. And we'll talk about it in the episode as well. But, you know, you started to see a difference of Nathan, at least from the social media perspective and musical perspective of like, there's a period where he just kind of seemed like a really angry person. Uh, you know, he doesn't mind me saying this. He, you could tell he was going, he'll say it now he's going through some shit. But now he's like, you know, still the political outrageous, uh, outrageous activist that we all know and love. But he's got a little more sense of humor now, like the whole panda suit. And, um, you know, I just... It's really special for me to like just, you know, this is someone I felt like I've known for years and now I think we're kind of peers. It's 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 really crazy. Uh, I'm kind of losing my mind right now. This is actually the 
no, second time I've recorded in a studio, first time back at What's Yours Club in over a co- in the last couple of years, which feels so nice. This is where I feel at home. I love the studio. I just want to live here. Um, so anyway, make sure you can, can check us out on all the things at Let's Chat Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can support us on Patreon. We have merch. All those are at Let's Chat Media for Patreon and Public, And... I've recently started doing consulting and I'm doing some freelance producing work. So if that's something you're interested, hit us up. We'll be posting about that more. Um, you know, join join the club. Join the Let's Chat Club. You know, we have a great Facebook group called Let's Chat Podcast Community where we want to hear from you. We want to interact. We want to – who's listening to this thing? Who who do you want to see on? We're really interested in all that. Please, if you can, pre-order the album. Go see Nathan on tour opening for Frank Turner right now. Um, I don't think there's not much for me. We just put an episode out last week with Sergio from the early November and this is coming right after. So we're going to get an extra episode. This is an extra episode this month. And I think, I don't recall who's next, but we got some good episodes in the can. We'll be having a future episode with Matt and Sonetta again. Matt was plays in Streetlight Manifesto, uh, Dwight from Broken Brain and Vern and I did an episode together. It was really fun. I'm trying to draw a blank who I, I got to send some stuff over to our wonderful sound engineer, Robbie Sherman. You know what? I've talked enough, so why don't we just get right into this episode? I'm thrilled. I I literally just hung up with Nathan and recorded this intro, so maybe you could hear the excitement in my voice. So, you know, let's get to it. excited because i had not gotten the tickets to go see frank turner in providence in time and then it sold out and i was like oh shit so that's i haven't been back i haven't been to a concert since the pandemic and i'm like huge frank turner fan like uh, yeah my dad my mom like my whole family we're all huge fans and uh and then you were kind enough to put me on the guest list it's like I was like yeah. just writing to everyone that would listen. I'm like, uh, uh, I'm going to a show with my two favorite artists that sold out and I'm on the guest list. And like, <laughs> so like all right. my friends, <laughs> it was pretty cool. Cause it's, it's actually a super small world. My, one of my cousins is like a sound person and I, like a sound guy, I guess. I don't mm-hmm. know one of those people. And so he's like, I think he, I don't know if he tours with them, but he did a lot of sound for Flog and Molly. And like years ago, Flog and Molly was in Connecticut and my gave he gave my dad tickets to see Flog and Molly, which you know my dad is a big folk music fan. Uh, so he's like, "Chris, you want to go?" I was like, "Okay." And this young man named Frank Turner opened up, and uh, that's mm. how we discovered Frank Turner with my dad of all things. Like that's 11, awesome. Twelve years ago, so I, I always that's so mm-hmm. special. So you must are you getting so so is this your first like tour since the pandemic? Yeah, 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 yeah. We, uh, yeah, the last tour. I did with the full band. Uh, this is obviously going to be acoustic just with a couple of members, but um, the full band, it got cut short in March, 2020. Oh yeah. And yeah. we had to, we had to drive home from Portland, Maine. Oh, great city. Which was Yeah. 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 And it was a fun show. Met some really cool people there, but that was the last show. And then we had to drive back down through Boston, Philly, all the shows that we were going to miss. Like it was a little oh. depressing. So this will be oh. the first like real tour I've done 
since that. Oh my God. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, was, I saw over the weekend, I know you played that show and I have to comment on whoever did the Photoshop of like, you know, you did that jump and people started yeah. putting like, you've, oh my God. Did a Mar- Hilarious. The Mario one is the greatest thing I've ever seen. That's, that's the I guy like that cried. played, that's the guy that played bass on Rebel Sounds songs. It's uh, Jed. He just started, he and his wife started coming up with ideas and just sending stuff to me. And that was the best one. <laughs> oh my God. You know, I, I, I love Mario and I love your music yeah. and I love kickboard. So I was like, Oh my God, that's, it's right. so perfect. It's, it's oh, like it's those brilliant. moments. Yeah. Yeah. You, there's sometimes you need that respite where you're like with the internet hits and you're like, it's not all garbage. We're, we're going to live. Right. Yeah. 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 You need to have a little bit of fun, you know, like just, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Man, so like, I know we, I know we, we, God, we did a couple interviews. I think the last time we did an interview was right before I had unofficially quit without telling anyone. And then I, I never actually announced it. Like my life kind of took a little downward spiral and I kind of right. tried to call the show quits. So like, what was that? 2007. Yeah. It's gotta be 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, but since then, you know, the whole world has changed. Uh, but oh, like, without a doubt. Yeah. yeah you know, <laughs> you know, I've been following you on like on social media and like, obviously all your, your solo work and stuff. Um, so I'm just kind of curious, um, what, especially I, I'm such uh, just a little background about me. So like in my, my day job, I work in the recovery community. I'm a case manager at a psychiatric hospital. So I work okay. with a lot of people in like recovery. And um, I've had mm-hmm. the, the, the pleasure of working with several adults of uh, childhood sexual assault uh, survivors, male and female. And, you know, mm-hmm. you're so open with everything you went through after feral hymns. I kind of noticed yes. like a change within your personality online where like you just started to like get more muscle. You lost some weight. You got happier. Like yeah. you became way funny. Like, you've always been very funny. I've always found you right. but, like <laughs> you know, the panda stuff. Like, um, yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm a PTSD survivor as well. I've done that inner work. And um, I noticed like how my life went from like that around that time was the PTSD and then therapy and, yeah. and that difference. Like, but was that, is that connected? Do you think like the, the self-care came from oh, like working absolutely. through the trauma? Yeah. 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 Because I think that in a lot of that, when you're holding on to that trauma, there's a lot of self-blame and self-hurt that you inflict on yourself. So I I found myself that at a lot of times I'd see other people being happy and I'd get mad about it. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, it'd just be like, what the fuck do you have to be so happy about? Why are you fucking happy, loser? You know what I mean? So guilty. Same, same. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, yeah. and once you you begin that journey of healing with cert, certain things, you start being able to accept happiness. And yes. that's it's uh, that's probably one of the hardest things to do is to accept other people's happiness and your own because happy people make other people happy, hurt people make other people hurt. You know, that's just mm-hmm. sort of how it goes. So once I started realizing how to get in touch with these hurts and the pain and the suffering and all that, I started learning out of that how to be happy again and how to allow myself to be happy and 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 how to mind my own damn business with other people's happiness, you know? So it, it was a great, a great change. Like it's definitely made yeah. me a happier person in general. Have you um noticed the thing when like you start like I work in behavioral health and mental health, like when you start to recover, get into that recovery mode or start taking care of yourself, did you have the experience where people just like start commenting on you? Be like, something looks different because like it's yes. true. There's a there's a physicality to trauma as well, like the heaviness of oh, it, like, you know, the yeah. weight. 
Like people, yeah. you start to, you start to stand a little bit taller. Like my yeah. skin actually started to clear up. I lost some weight. Like yeah. I actually mm-hmm. like started to care about like what clothes I wear and my hair, like stuff that like oddly enough, I just the punk rock in me is like nah. But I'm like, hey, it's right. kind of okay to give a shit and like yeah, how you look and feel yeah. And um, oh, you just carry it on you like layers. It's awful. Yeah. Like, and I had the big beard and everything, and it was just yeah. like that. A lot of that was hiding parts I didn't like to look at, you know what I mean? And things of that nature. So changing that all up and and you're right, even without that, like just in general, there's a different glow to people Yeah, when they're finding their way, you know what I mean? And it's, it's wonderful to see. And it's, it's wonderful for it to be seen, you know? Yeah. So um, if you're comfortable, like, so did you have a moment that you hit a bottom that you decided to go to therapy or was this something like, you like uncovered unintentionally. You're like, oh, this happened to me. I, right. I've, I've worked. I'm. I feel very fortunate that I've gotten to work with um, a lot of organizations like Male Survivor and stuff like that. So I've gotten to work mm-hmm. through my, with my job with and that stuff. And um, it's, you know, it's 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 something unfortunately that is so common and is not nearly talked about nearly enough. So like, yeah. it's the topic that I'm like any chance, especially. And I love it, especially too when like a more masculine man is talking about it. It actually, mm-hmm. I know that sounds strange, but it no, means that makes sense. more yeah like yes you know yes yeah it's mm-hmm. just i don't know because if you're already all the the society can teach you about like weakness and, and all that stuff like that and the massage and all that so it's it, it's it's fascinating because like you're like a tough guy coming from the hardcore scene and then talking right. about <laughs> such important stuff right but it's vulnerability at the end of the day but like did you was it did you find yourself like kind of intentionally going towards this or unintentionally yeah Well, to your point, I think it is very important that those of us who, you know, maybe more masculine presenting, whatever like that, it is important for us to speak on these things because of the toxicity of society and what makes us the way we are. You know, I think that a lot of us, um, it's hard for guys to come out about this kind of thing. Because society tells you you're weak. Society tells you that um, you let this happen, you know? Um, And and not only that, but what I've found even more importantly is that guys deal with these type of things different because of that toxicity. And we end up lashing out and hurting other people and creating more trauma because of ours. And so what occurred to me and why this happened, it was right before Feral Hymns. And I, you know, I had a good idea of what had happened to me, you know what I mean? But I had buried it so hard and gone through so many different incarnations of myself trying to sort of fix whatever this was, you know, or not even fix it, just bury it, Um, which had caused a lot of issues with alcohol and drugs and just being honestly just a complete dickhead to a lot of people and i mean that's what happens you you get angry and you get mean and you get you know like you like you just act in ways that are totally wrong to others um so you know trying to sort of figure out why i'm in this why why am i always angry why am i always annoyed why am i you know and it 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 came to me you know and and as you start allowing yourself to feel as you start allowing yourself to dig into what had happened, it starts unraveling very quickly. 
and it sucks a lot, yeah. you know? <laughs> so oh, yeah. I, I was sitting there at night one night and I, that's the song echoes came out of me from feral hymns. And, um, that was the first song I wrote as a solo musician and I sent it to, yeah, right. Like that's Damn. really, that's gotta be the first thing that comes out, you know, like <laughs> not some happy folky song that like, right. you know, like, Oh God. Here's the worst so, thing that's ever happened to me in song form. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I sent it out to a couple of friends that I could trust and sort of knew the basic story and, um, and got back a very positive response of, I, I think this is time for you. You know, this has been a long time coming. You need to do this because I, I was sort of hoping they'd be like, Oh no, bury that shit down. Don't put this out, you know? And it was quite the opposite. Like uh Oise at end hits was like, okay, you got two weeks to get the rest of this album together and let's put it out now. Damn. Fuck. <laughs> you know? And, um, and he was like, I know how you are. You're going to, put this on the back burner. You're not going to let it come out. We're doing this now. I'm forcing this to happen, you know? And I needed that from a good friend that I could trust, you know? Uh, and, and once that got out, then a lot of realizations started to come to me of my position in the hardcore and punk scene and music in general and thinking, holy shit, like I have been on a stage for 25, 30 years, how many people out there needed to hear this? Yeah. And and it broke my heart that I, I can't imagine how many people were sitting in audiences that I played in front of holding on to the exact same thing and all they needed to hear was someone on stage say, I get it, yeah. I understand. You know, because a lot of times we know here we can all yep. read statistics. We can all look at something and go, OK, I know there are more people that have dealt with this, but it doesn't hit here. Yeah. You know, we don't feel it no matter what. Uh, it doesn't matter how many statistics you look at. But speaking of statistics, I was, you know, thinking like even in a room of like 50 people. There's a chance that at least one person in that audience has dealt with something similar. And, uh, the numbers are actually lower too. They always suspect because it's so not reported, especially oh, yeah. with men, unfortunately. So whenever they say, oh, yeah. there's, yeah. what do we, what do we learn in our trade? It's like, take whatever they tell you and add like 5% or 10%, Yeah, which is ter yeah. terrifying. I mean, terrifying. on top of all of this, you have a, you know, this global institution as well, institutions, unfortunately, yeah. that are, are also there to protect the terrible people that do these things, which is, yes. Yes. Or I think when we look forward into the future, like that's going to be the thing of like the generation before us, the biggest failure besides like climate change is like how mm -hmm. we did not protect our children at yeah. all against yeah. childhood sexual abuse. And the yes. stories are, they're so, I mean, they're all unique, but they're so similar. It's family, yeah. friend, uncle, priest, like yeah. a trusted person in Someone the family. Someone you trust, right. Community that ever, yeah. there was a million warning signs. Everyone said something, Yeah, you know, like that. But, but you know, mm -hmm. it's, I'm such um, you know, one of the things I have so much respect for you is for you to to go through this trauma, which is such a hard thing, and then to turn around and do that inner work and 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 help break that culture of silence. And God, how many people, especially in our like scene, I really think a lot of the people. I mean, I know firsthand of so many people I grew up with who came from broken homes, and that's how they found yeah. hardcore. That's how we found punk. Oh yeah, 
that's father why we got to this scene. It was the misfit scene, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. But you're probably teaching uh, the choir. Yeah, I've had several guys come to me and talk to me, but what's also been very meaningful is women who come to the shows with their boyfriend or husband and watching them take this in and just sort of break in front of them Aww. and realizing why they've been so silent, why they've been so cruel or, you know, not, not cruel, like not abusive, but I mean, just there was something about their boyfriend or husband that they just couldn't reach. You know, they couldn't yeah. figure out why they were acting a certain way or why they were so angry or sad all the time or whatever. And I unveiled that for them. And then, and, uh, you know what I mean? And they were like, 100. oh my God, as soon as we got home, my husband opened up to me and told me about all this because he felt like he could because you said something, you know? Yeah, I, I'm not about you. Like I noticed like my relationship with my wife and my family and like I, my wife even told me, she was like, you know, there's we're obviously love, but she said there like for me, it was dissociation was always my, is my go-to yeah. to get away from yeah. stuff. Like with, with cannabis mm -hmm. is usually, and it was, and, uh, and if it wasn't even drugs, just even emotionally distanced and stuff, yeah. you know, and it's never anyone's favorite thing to experience that. And I remember her like telling me after the fact, after like going through like therapy and stuff and she's like, yeah, I just, she's like, no, we're never going to get divorced, but like, I just feel closer to you. Yeah. Like in a way, yeah. and I think there was something that I was not able to access, and not even, and 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 so like, and like, and my PTSD is is just from like not not just, but like well, I think yeah. they call it uh, compound PTSD or childhood. Mm -hmm. It's like my my wife had a very traumatic birth. My daughter was in the NICU. My wife almost died, and then mm -hmm. so like like got really hard after that. And but right. like yeah, but you're totally right. But I and then like I noticed that within myself too. It was like yeah, there was like this invisible wall that i never let anyone cross whether yeah. it was just like i wouldn't cry in front of like i wouldn't cry in front of my wife outside of like right. a funeral which yeah. doesn't sound you know like when we watch like a sad movie i'm like can you leave the room but not anymore yeah. but like you know which is kind right. of weird you're like we're gonna raise a child together but i won't show you me i, I can't show you myself vulnerable yeah what the fuck is wrong yeah. with me <laughs> and and that's terrible for the child as well yeah you know uh, they need to know that they can be emotional, that they can feel, you know, because yeah. that gets passed down to where children are afraid to feel, you know, they're you afraid to, to show the emotions. Oh, oh go ahead. Mm -hmm. Sorry, there's like a quick delay. Uh, do you get into like the nitty gritty stuff of like research and like generate like the science and trauma at all or like neuroscience? It's fascinating how it, it goes from that, you know, it, it the physical effects of the body and then how it can, if not dealt with, with the individual can go from generation to generation to generation. Oh, like, I'm sure. Fascinating science behind trauma. It is. Oh my God. Yeah. It's, I mean, like at, at the root of it, like that's pretty much the reason incels exist, like terrorists, yeah. all of oh, without those a doubt. gangs. Yeah. It's all despondence turns to anger, turns to isolation, turns to violence against yourself yeah. or someone else. Yeah. And so, then you have a society that completely supports that, supports your silence supports yep. your anger because men are only supposed to act in anger they're only yep. you know what i mean they're not given any other solution on how they can deal with their emotions you're supposed to be angry that's it that's yep. your emotion like you can be angry and that was it yeah I, I imagine like you know because you know finding boys has fire when i was in high school like that was such a good access point for me to express like anger and, and yeah it, it was the thing that looked I, I remember, was for like, me too <laughs> from the scene and boys has fire shows and stuff like was like learning about 
like social issues and social cause. So it's so funny that 20 years later, now we're just a couple of dads going through like yeah. all this stuff and like the other right. sides. And it's like, all right, guys, now we're going to be vulnerable. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We screamed yeah. enough together. Yeah. Now we're going to cry and we're going to talk yeah. about our feelings, yeah. everyone, which is, yeah. which I have such respect for. And I, I, I love it. I love it so much to see that, like the parallels of like finding your band at 16 and having, you know, been such a big part of my musical influences since I was like 16 and I'm, in my thirties. And it's like the parallel path of like social change to like, well, now we work on us. We also change the world, but first we change us. And that's, that's what I hope people see in this progression from feral hymns to working title to rebel songs is that process of feral hymns was a very dark album. It was a very alone album, you know, that I had to get through. Then working title was okay, we're getting sort of out of that realm, but we're still in it a little bit, but we're talking about our feelings, we're talking about emotions, we're, but we're, we're finding the balance where it's not all just dark, it's not all just happy, it just, it's all in there somewhere, you know? Yeah. And then, and then after working title, uh, Rebel Songs coming up is much more of a political and social commentary album, much like with Boy Sets Fire in the past, but in a joyful manner. And, and not so angry as much as I'm calling out issues, I'm calling out the problems, but also mentioning the hope involved in how we can make a difference and a change in these things. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I love that too, because we, we need more optimism. Like I, I'm yeah. so sick of the, the nihilistic viewpoint of everyone having right now. And like, you know, yeah. I, I can, I, you know, if, if you, if you want to feel like a piece of shit, you can just go on the internet and scroll and make yourself feel like a piece of shit oh, pretty easily. Yeah, doom and, scrolling. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I've been very guilty of that. So it's, it's, yep. it's so wonderful. And like, uh, and the, the, you know, the, the song rebel song that I've, I've heard that you did with Tim, it's mm -hmm. God, it's such a beautiful, upbeat, poppy song with such a Thank message. You. Like it makes mm -hmm. me feel warm and fuzzy and like I'm 16 and not in the like, that's awesome. Fuck everything. Just more of like, God, I just want to go to a show and then just go to a diner and just. Yeah. Hang. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. And not have That's a care awesome. in the world. Yeah. You know? I love it. Yeah. So it's one of the, God, isn't it one of the great things? I mean, you know, if, I don't know. You know, it's funny. Ska, we have waves of music, but like hardcore mm -hmm. doesn't. There's like, I guess, you know, the, the minor fat generation. And then, you know, you guys are like second gen at this point, the way things have uh, continued. But like yeah. you've gotten to uh, have some pretty some a lot of fans who would then go on to then do some pretty great things like Rise Against. When was that? Yeah. When did you first connect with those guys? Like you guys uh, did a tour together somewhere down the line. Yeah, that's a hilarious story because it was like 2000 or 2001 maybe. Uh, but it was us Thursday, the movie life and rise against were opening the whole thing. <laughs> Nobody knew who the hell they were. Like, wow. It was like, they would play and like most of the audience would be outside. You know what I mean? Um, it, 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 they just took off overnight. Like it was like, we didn't know who they were. They were playing, they were opening these sets and we were like, okay, this band's good, but I have no idea who they are. And, um, and then it was like a few years later, all of a sudden it seemed like, boom, they're playing giant, like uh, stadiums, you know what I mean? Like. They were yeah. just superstars overnight. And it was awesome to see. Like, it was just like, okay, hats off. Like, 
That's awesome. And, you know, yeah. it's and, and obviously, you know, obviously at least you and Tim have some sort of relationship since you did that great song together. Uh, like, did you ever have that stages of like yourself or your bandmates getting like jealous of people taking off in front of you? And like, it doesn't seem like you uh, burned that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, you know, it was, we got left in the dust in a lot of ways. And I, I would say that in a lot of ways, it was sort of our own doing jumping from label to label and taking too much time off a tour and blah, 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 you know, whatever. But, um, but of course, I mean, you have those times where you're like, damn it, like, you know, Thursday took off, Rise Against took off, yeah. all these bands that opened for us took off. And um, one of the things that made it nice, I think, oh, even Frank Turner, like Frank Turner, his old band opened for us in like 97 in the UK. Oh, you know million what I mean? dead. Huh? No way. The yeah. million dead, right? Is that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. I think it was. Yes. <laughs> and, um, yeah. But th they opened for us and um, no clue who they were. Didn't know. Uh, Frank Turner wasn't a household name. You know what I mean? Not yet. And yeah. What's cool, though, is it makes it easier to appreciate when you know it's good people. You know? Like, like Frank damn angel i just like i seriously like and i i hope everyone i'm gonna say this every night on tour i swear because i want people to know this that what you're seeing from frank what you're feeling in his music is a hundred percent honest it's real I love it. the dude i he blows me away on the things he would he has helped me out with when he didn't have to you know what i mean it's unheard of in the music industry the way he rolls yeah. and it it is it is to be commended a hundred percent every day uh the way he works just what he says is what he says and what he does is what he does you know there is no pretense around it there's no bs and i love that about him um i love and i want to state these three bands because these were the three bands that especially took off around us who are beautiful individuals uh, Frank, and then Thursday, I love that Thursday got the boost that they did when they did, that they had videos, that they're on a major label, that they had huge shows, uh, because they were so gracious in interviews, uh -huh. always mentioning us, always saying, yeah. this is the band that like made us who we are, blah, blah, all this stuff. And you, you can't hate on that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if someone's taken off and they're giving credit, to you about that like it was awesome they didn't have to do that but they did you know uh and then rise against um like tim helping me out with these stu this stuff and just keeping in touch and like seeing him at festivals where he could easily and people have walk past me and act like they don't know who the fuck i am damn yeah but tim like hey what's up you know it's like you know it's always like wonderful to see people take off and still be just normal people, good people who know where they came from. And, yeah. and, and it's nice to see, and you, you got to support people like that. No, I, I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more. Like, you know, every artist too, that makes it, there's always someone, it's just all music is like that with every musician. There's always yeah. some artist lays the track and then the industry is the next band gets all the credit and whatever. So it's yeah. always nice mm -hmm. to like, cause I, I, uh, I 
huge yeah. Thursday fan. I remember always reading them, our interviews with actually all three of them, always shouting out Boys That's Fire. And like, yeah. you know, that mm-hmm. always making us like, would always be yeah. like, yeah, that was always mm-hmm. our favorite thing. Like, we, I, it was, I it's, love that. yeah, it's funny because I remember uh, Boys That's Fire as a band actually sitting down and making a conscious decision not to get better. You know, I, I think that we saw it coming. Um, and and it was like, you know, we're going to get to the point where people who are, uh, quote unquote, biting our sound aren't necessarily biting our sound. They're biting the sound of a band that's biting our sound. That's biting, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and we're for it. And we need to be OK with that. Oh, Back in the day, I was this and that. And I don't get the respect that I deserve. Uh, we don't deserve anything. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, we 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 need to just do what we do. And uh, and that was a conscious decision by us as a band because because we started realizing we'd sit in the band and we were like shit talking and getting bitter. And I don't remember who it was, but one of us went, we need to talk. And we all sat down. We're like, this has to stop right now. We can't let this go public. You know, what I mean, we can't end up saying this in front of other people. And honestly, we shouldn't even be saying it in private and growing more bitter about this. Uh, If if we get left behind quote unquote that's just what it is it's no big deal you know what i mean we just need to know that what we're doing is the right thing for us and just keep going so and i'm glad we did that because it really changed a lot of the energy within our band and us as people and it it seems like a lot of the generation i came up with too like bands like probably because of you also being good humans and good musicians are like um like they like, you know, you stick around long enough and like it kind of reciprocates yeah. in that sense. Like, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Boys That's Fire is a legendary band at this point. Like, I've, I've seen you guys go Thank to you. Europe. You guys are not playing small venues or anything like that. This is and, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but, you know, I think that's like not the person I'd like to bring up, but uh, that the, when his before he was, we all knew he was a, a predator. Louis C.K. had that great episode of Louis with Joan Rivers and how she would talk. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, yep. yeah, I'm eight years into the podcast, which has become my version of like my of the scene. And I've had that experience of seeing people go way above me and all that stuff. And, um, you know, there's something to it of like the peaks and valleys. And if you just stick around long enough, sometimes yeah. you're nice to one person that you forgot about five or 10 years ago. And then they offer yeah. you something that and you, you shouldn't do that because of it. But like this tour I'm getting right now with Frank, you know what I mean? Like it just yeah, like, I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, and and, and I, I love that too. Like, and I'm I'm such a I'm such a fan of that kind of like rep reciprocity and stuff like that. It's like you were yeah. good to like you were good to me then, and like, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. and also there's also a million people who are jealous of Boyce that's fire because they've never even got to that. You know, everyone wherever you sure, sit, sure, like, yeah, I'm sure Mick Jagger is still like fucking Beatles. Five yeah. years, what <laughs> they did. Like, you never right, win. Right, right. You you're yeah. never happy ultimately at the end of the day important is to find that happiness because I've definitely, uh, even in this, as I struggle, honestly, to get this solo stuff off the ground, uh, there's a lot of bands that I've reached out to that have just pretty much blown me off, you know? And, and I could get bitter about that. I could get angry, but what would be the point? You know, there's no point at that, at at that, you know, it's, it's, it's self-defeating. It's, it's never going to get me anywhere. So, I keep trying, you know what I mean? I keep pushing yeah. and great things like this, like having this tour with Frank again uh, is brilliant. I just got asked to play the fest in Florida. Uh, I just at saw the end of this, so which cool. is great. Awesome. Yeah. 
and I hope it it takes off from there. I hope once people hear this this album, that they are impressed enough to keep having me out. You know, yeah, and 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 Frank is coming off the fucking Counting Crows tour of all things. Like, <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> I know it's that is so rad. I, I don't even know him. I, I, I'm talking. To, I've, I've listened to him enough on podcasts that, I, and like we know enough of the same people. I'm like Frank, but you know, but like yeah, like. Isn't that the beautiful thing about music though? People yeah. you've never met in your life are your best friends in the world. And that's yeah. awesome. Like yep. you should never feel weird about that. Like no, calling people it. by their first name or whatever, because that they truly are like, they saved our lives. You know yeah. what I mean? They're our best friends in the world. It doesn't matter if we know them personally or we met them. We did through their music and that's beautiful. I mean, that's the whole reason the podcast industry exists is just selling that parasol, that parasocial relationship. But it's like all I traffic yeah. is that's all we traffic in, and music is just a beautiful way to do it. And no, it, it's yeah, incredible. Sure. Mm -hmm. I love it. And God, I mean, you've been able to get to be a working artist for all these years. Like that's that's no yeah. small feat. Like that is no, no, no. Trouble. It's been a struggle at times. But sure, it has worked out. You know what I mean? Because I forced it to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's. And I, I, I've learned so much. Like we, uh, last year, like I, I took like a little pause in my show and then about right before in 2019, I added a producer. We're like, let's actually go for it. We started a company and doing all that stuff. And like a lot of mm -hmm. like my business model or all those words, people don't like to use those icky words that people don't like to use in punk rock that are absolutely necessary to life. Like, yeah. like this shit costs yeah. money. Uh, like, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> right. It's like all this stuff I learned from the punk rock scene is just like, it's very much like the, I, my approach I was listening to on a, um, I think it was like back in the day podcast. I mm -hmm. think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a really good episode. But, and I was relating to something you said as well, like how like you have a really good group of talented friends that you all just kind of do work with for each other. And yes. like I yeah. built up my entire brand and company off of just having awesome friends that I'll do anything for them and vice versa. And mm -hmm. somewhere down the line, you're like, God damn, these people are talented. Don't tell them that yeah. they don't need me. I'm right, the lucky right. one. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I'm the odd man out here. Yeah. 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 I'm starting to kind of hit that point. I was like, I, I don't know. I think you're you're better off than me. Like, what the heck? Yeah. Uh, you know, I do have one I think that I love, absolutely love the song you did with um uh with uh, with Frank Turner is the say it say anything. For some reason, I always want to say say something. I don't know. I always I mix right. it up in my head. So I wrote down, but every time I hear that song. I'm not sure if anyone else has told you this, but I just am dying for you and, and Frank to do a cover of Queens Under Pressure, like the like the Bowie style, like <laughs> your vocals, like how they used in my that chemical romance. Awesome. There's a part of the song for like one second, your voice kind of mimics uh, Freddie Mercury, like it's it. And in my head, I was pretty high, and like it just felt like you were gonna bust <laughs> into Under Pressure. So I think uh, I think you, I think it should happen. That, that's how that music works, right? That would be fucking awesome, and to have. My name anywhere near the name Freddie Mercury is pretty rad. So, right, <laughs> thank you Especially, for that. Yeah, yeah. Look, one of the unique things about Voice That's Fire was like your hardcore band that you have, yeah, you know, their singer you can actually sing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, thank you. <laughs> like, uh, you know, I, I love a lot of music, but uh, and that's I'm not no insulting any of these front men, but they are not yeah. good. And that's fine. Like, I'm, that I'm, true. I'm totally yeah, fine yeah. with it. But mm -hmm. like, yeah, yeah. you were Voice That's Fire is the one band. I'm like. That guy could totally be in the church choir as well as playing the show. <laughs> and I was. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I could totally I could see you and Frank like coming out and like like oh and like I don't know, like Reading and Leeds Festival and doing under pressure and just the crowd going nuts. Awesome. 
Yeah, please do. Or you should do the opposite and then just do a vanilla ice cover <laughs> just to screw yeah. people. <laughs> <laughs> like, you and Frank come out and rap it. We thought they were doing under pressure. <laughs> uh, the whole audience would just walk out. They got to take everything back. I just thought about that guy. What the hell? Totally disappointing. We're gone. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be so fucking great. So uh, I do have to ask, though, like, what's uh, the panda photos I love? Um, yeah. Where did all this come from? Is this like. Is, <laughs> There was a period of your post, especially last year, I'm imagining the pandemic affected you emotionally yep. like the rest of us were oh, uh, yeah. you know, standing up and fighting for racial justice. But at some point I like started, like you could tell like your feed got more somber, like everybody was just more somber. Yeah. And then there seemed yeah. to be like a turnaround where you're like, same yeah. message, hilarious panda suit. Right. <laughs> <Which I love. laughs> it was, it was important for me. And I think everyone too, it was funny because there's a, um, it all started because I saw uh, it was a group message with all the guys, all the people in my uh, solo band. We had this group message and we started finding these pictures of pandas and how every picture that involves pandas is just complete chaos. Like they're just beautiful, chaotic creatures. So everything we were finding, we keep sending them back and forth. I was like, I'm going to start mimicking these pictures because they're the, they're brilliant chaos agents. They're, they're, but adorable and cute and awesome at the same time. And they can but at that life. same time, like you see people like running around trying to control pandas and it's, it's futile because they're just, ah! like it's yeah. incredible. <laughs> so I found one picture. It was, uh, I posted, it was like four pictures of pandas just like upside down or hanging over something or like, and I mimic those pictures with the panda suit. And it just went from there. I was like, okay, this is what I'm doing now. Anti-fascist panda. <laughs> I, I love that. I know. There will be more of that. I just, you know, I got to go in and out of it, but it's. You know, it, I, I love it. I, it. We need more anti-fascist anything. Cause you know, cause fascists yeah. have no culture. They have no humor. They yeah. have nothing. And they just steal from yeah. us. So we yeah. need to make fun of them and be hilarious about it. Cause exactly. Cause you need to exactly. laugh. Yeah, because like I agree. Like I don't know if you ever had if you were I'm I'm a huge Sopranos fan, and then mm -hmm. I read the uh, Alan Sepinwall and Mike Zeller. I forgot Mike. I forget their author's name. Sorry, I forgot. Mm -hmm. And like I read the, the book about Sopranos. You know, I first time I watched that show, I like just enamored and like, oh my god, these cool tough guys. And then I now went back and watched it with like the lens after reading this book, and we're like, right, they're just a bunch of idiots. Like at the end of yeah, the day, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, they have these really weird psychosexual dynamics. They're like, they're not, they're just, they're just a bunch of idiots. At the end of the day, they're like, I, I love the show, but like, it's like, you go back and you don't, I don't watch Tony, like a respected mob figure anymore. I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. Like you're, and all the other, everyone else around him is super poor. Everyone was getting yeah. killed around them. Like they're just, they're just like a bunch of dumb drunk dudes. Yeah. happen to have some I sort thought, of power. Yeah, it was sort of cool. The one season, it was a long time ago when he started having panic attacks out of nowhere yes yeah oh, i yeah. love I that love it. one yeah well, i love the show great. oh that's that's I, why that I show works watch a lot of the show but that one in particular i was like this is great because they were sort of getting into how panic attacks happen because i have them and it was just it was sort of interesting to watch through that lens like him going through that you know oh yeah yeah it's it's yeah i think the first episode he passes out he collapses yeah, yeah, into yeah. his pool because of the ducks fly away. And then he, then he gets, and I, I mean, I'm a 
fanatic of the show. But it is funny of like how we always have all these like like we look at the mob or any of those types of things, we just think they're so cool. And then like you're like, eh, it's kind of just a bunch of yeah. dicks that kind of screw everything up yeah. for everyone else. <laughs> like I don't know why why we all love these people. Like, I mean I I love point, it fictionally. That is a point that we a lot of times do not take away from movies that were not meant to make us think that that stuff was cool. Like, like yes. Sopranos, it wasn't meant to make us think that that was cool. Fight Club no. was not supposed to make us think that that was cool. You know what I mean? But as humans, we go, yeah, that's badass. And the author's like, fuck, oh, come on. Like, oh, like the Punisher? Like, like you ever see like, the police yeah, yeah, officers? Yeah, exactly. the police? Like, oh, I think Hard Times had an article. It was like nine other things, the Punisher, nine other things, nine nine other works of art that you completely missed the point starter pack yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly yep it's it's crazy like just how like authors will try their damnedest to get us to think a little beyond the surface and it just we can't like <laughs> just yes. oh, oh cool tough guy oh <laughs> and, and I, you know, and one of the things I love about that you've been doing too, like, uh, is like kind of taking the microphone and kind of readdressing to the hardcore scene as well of what hardcore at, is at its core. Because I'm from Connecticut and I love, I grew up in the ska hardcore. It was all kind of melt together. And then the hardcore scene turned into a frat party and it ended up not being what it was about. And, and you're kind of seeing like a lot of those guys, unfortunately. And I, I totally get like some of those people, like of those he early heroes I had. Some of them turned like a lot of like right wing dickheads, which I'm yes. not surprised about. But yeah. um, it's nice to have someone like you of your statue, like with your voice, to be like, yeah. "This is hardcore. This is what it's about. It's about protect." You know, there's violence, but we're here to protect yeah. each other, protect the women, protect the men, protect animals, mm -hmm. and like unity. Yeah, and it got real much machismo, and like you know, it just it stopped being fun for me. I'm like. And yeah. then all the shows got shut down. Even that's what ended up happening where I lived. Yeah, like we would yeah, have yeah, like yeah. a dope, this great hall show, and like mm -hmm. Hatebreed would do a surprise set, and then they wouldn't go on because some jackass had to punch a girl that got jumped, yeah. and then yeah. broke a window, yeah. and yeah. the cops yeah. came. Yeah. Like, no, oh. yeah, good times. Like <laughs> they were up until it, the fights. It, well, it's funny because like I I always wonder when these people are like, man, back in the day it was scary and blah blah. Why do you want that? That they was never the fun hurt. part of the show. The fun part of the show wasn't everybody being terrified. Like that was fun for you. What the fuck? Like, like that wasn't fun for anyone else. But no. um, also, I think that because of the shit I went through with the abuse and all that stuff, I almost fell into that bullshit. And this is many, many, many years ago. I actually shut down my personal Facebook a long time ago because of it. Um, I had gotten myself into that because i was angry you know what yeah. i mean and i was bitter and like and there came a point once i started to find healing that i went oh shit oh no I'm that guy like delete done you know what i mean and then restarted with you know my music my solo music and all this stuff um but it's a very easy trench to fall into um oh. and i'm glad that i didn't fall harder because i look around at some of my heroes from the scene who I don't even want to fucking look them in the eye anymore. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's hard. I, yeah. I want it, nothing I, to I, do with those people. And I can respect political differences. So like, there's a line I have, mm -hmm. 
but yeah. like the second where it's yeah. like my or my immediate or my friends and family safety, like when it goes beyond yeah. physio, mm-hmm. um, like ideological in terms of like my safety or my uh, mm-hmm. the humans and my work, network safety. Yeah. And and some of those people like, uh, you know, some of the they, they were all bands I like, but like some of those dudes were at the like Capitol riot. Uh, yeah. They were more like yeah. metal band. Those thankfully yeah. whatever bands I liked, but it was just like right. Or even like System of the Down, their drummer is like. Ugh. Yeah, that was a but, that was a long time coming. I don't know why they put up with him as long as they did, but is what that's yeah. kind of my band, you know, like whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I I I think I heard you. I think it was. I think it might have been you saying this about talking about how, like this the two types of camps that are equally dangerous. The like if you're not with us, you're against us, or that we have to include everyone. And like, yeah, you yeah, yeah. can't include the person who's trying to kill you. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, uh, there was a, safety number one. I, I had something that was really uh, good about tolerating intolerance and how that just makes the whole thing intolerant. Like you don't like uh, fascists don't come into your group to be part of your group. That's no. ridiculous to think that like they come in to take over. That's what fascists do. That's their only point in life is to make everyone like them and to hurt other people. So they're yes. not coming in to be part of a group and a part of a, because fascism is a closed off mindset. It's not yeah. a, a thing that's willing to grow and learn. Like you don't, so it, it you don't invite those people to the table. Like. No, I agree. Oh, well, I invite them to the table and then we, uh, we, uh, we get rid of the table with them along with it. <laughs> right. Like, oh, Set the table on fire, walk out. Yeah. yeah. Like, all right. Like, you know, like the people like, is it okay to punch a Nazi? Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes. Being a Nazi is a violent act. Yeah. So Why you haven't to... you punched them already? Go, you punch. punch Don't them. ask. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's strange in my job, in like my field. Um, like I work with people coming out of the psychiatric hospital. So I have to work with people who don't have the same viewpoints as me. And that's you know, sure. totally fine in the yeah. work setting. I've worked with incels. I've worked with Nazis. I've worked with mm-hmm. people and not that the mental health piece to it. And, um, you know, on the individual level, it's easy because I'm like, well, I've met your family. I know exactly why you are the way you are. And um, right. it's, it's kind well, of mental sad. health has a lot to do with those things sometimes. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah, it's it's all the same. And like, I don't like to use like the word deprogram or anything, but like I, I feel very honored that I've had the opportunity where I've met people who were like in that world. And I didn't try to change them. I didn't try to do anything and just let them just show them like their view of what a, a liberal is or just a person is. And right you know, kind of help them get away from it a little bit is always yeah. nice, but it, it's, but in my own personal life, I'm like, nah, get away. We're not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll and that's that. discernment. That's discernment. Yeah. Cause there are people you can quote unquote save. There are people oh, that are on the edge that just, they, they just need help, you know? Actually, most, uh, and then there's most. some people that are so hardened in their ways that fuck them. Why are you wasting your time? Yeah. Do you ever, um, I forgot the name of it, but have you ever heard of Daryl Dixon? He's like a musician and an actor, but he holds the world record for, he's a, he's a black musician, but he holds mm-hmm. the world record for collecting robes from uh, Ku Klux Klan's members. There's a great oh, documentary awesome. about him. And he, um, all he does is just hangs out and is himself. And these people willingly leave the Klan and they give him his robe. And and I, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer that there's a path to redemption for everyone. And yeah, like it's yeah, yeah. The, the optimism on the individual level, like so many of those people I've, I've had to interact with on that level, like, yeah, God, I just need a hug. Like, I, you feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the discernment is, is that 
no one is beyond redemption, but it is not always my job to redeem them. A hundred percent. And you I think that's where we get lost. It's like, yes, you need work and you need someone to help you, but it's not me. You know, like that's what I see. And, me. <laughs> and, and the best, yeah, and the best thing I can do for you is say no. Goodbye. You know, like, and that's yeah. It. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with that. You know, one of the things, talk about like putting your money where your mouth is, um, like, you know, for your solo band, um, doesn't look like the other bands you played in. <laughs> like, so yeah, it sounds yeah. like you actually went out of your way purposely to find a band to have a diverse yes, background. Did. Was that a lot of work or just uh, yeah, easier than was, you thought? And it was completely worth it. I, I did yeah. that very much on purpose, and I think more bands should. Um, uh, but yeah, it was very important to me to to have a very diverse lineup of people, uh, because a lot of times you look at a band and it's just like, oh, another group of white cis dudes, you know, like yeah. Okay. And 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 not only that, but I guess what's even more scary is that most people don't even realize that that's weird. That yeah. there's like yeah. three hundred bands and they all look the fucking same, you know. So I think part of our work as, you know, quote unquote, activists in the music scene is to give space to people with talents that don't normally get a chance because they don't look like everybody else because they're not just hetero, cis, white dude, you know? So, uh, or, or presenting that way, you know? Yeah. So, so it was very important for me to look outside that scope and find people uh, that didn't fit the mold. And you make better art. Yeah. Oh, and without a doubt. And, and they make me a better person. Yeah. You know, to have that group, that diverse group with me on the road and do, playing music and creating music, total different perspective in life. And it's is brilliant to have that. And and to be able to just step back for a minute and go, my perspective isn't the only thing that matters here. Even, even when it's just called Nathan Gray, you know what I mean? Like yeah. this is, it's mostly me, it's mostly my writing, but I am influenced by these people I bring in. And they give me such special perspective on things I might not ever see. And one of your members is, um, is are they transgender? Is that correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, I'm sure you never think about going to the bathroom on tour that often, but now right. you just, yeah. oh, you know, and that's, you bring a great point to that because it was definitely a talk with anybody else I brought into this band with, with her. It was like, look, before you get into this band, she is transgendered. I need to know all your opinions right now. Yeah. And if they are anything but positive, you're not coming in. Yeah. I have to protect her from any of that bullshit. And thinking about that, anytime I see anti-trans stuff, things like that, I get upset because I know she's going to be touring with me at some point. And I'm going to be out in that world where these people are making the world unsafe for her. You know, And that's going to come down on all of us, where we all have to be ready for whatever is about to happen. You know? And because there are some there are some horrible people out there who are who set out to do some really terrible people to our trans friends. And if we're not ready to defend them immediately, we can't put them out there like that, you know, on the line. So 
uh, we had a very long discussion about that. And when we're on tour, this is a focus where we need to I make sure that. that we are looking out for each other while we're out. I, uh, I wish I, I, I think we just need more of that in this world. I, I think, yeah. well, you know, you look at the internet and it just takes what's out there and it can amplify things worse. Like I know things are bad, but they're, I don't think they're as bad as they are. Like on the day to day, you know, you look at your phone, the world's on fire. And then you walk yeah. down to the street and someone who doesn't look like you says hello. And then you grab a coffee right. and you talk to the, and you know, like I'm in downtown Providence right now. And it was yeah. just like, it was gorgeous. It's a gorgeous day. I heard different, at least five different strangers from different walks of life said hello to me on the way here. And like, and that's wonderful. the thing is that, you know, I hate going the media, but the media, no matter which bias it, it grasps, which is ridiculous that any of it would have a bias, but it all does to one side or the other. And um, it has us convinced that the world is falling apart. Which it has so us convinced. Not. Like, here's the thing. Like, you can check anything. It, any any media source, they will say things like this. Um, unvaccinated students uh, leave because they're being forced to be vaccinated. They don't bring up the 200,000 people who have stayed and gotten vaccinated. They bring up the 10 people that left. They bring up, the, not, you know what I mean? Oh, my God. It's like that with everything. That like just that happened in Rapid. Yeah, they always glom on to the minority of people and they blow it up like it's a big deal as opposed to focusing on the positive, focusing on the people who are doing their best to take care of the world around them. It's gross. A, a perfect example, and that number, it's so funny you said that number. So in, in Rhode Island, or the firefighters union tried to sue the state over an executive yes. order to get mandated. I did hear about this. Yep. Whole thing, it's gonna, we're gonna be understaffed, it's gonna be this whole thing, blah, blah, blah. Do you know how yep. many people they were referring to in their department? They because they never they never used this number until they lost all their case. Fourteen. Mm -hmm. They were talking okay. about. Yeah. You're telling me I'm like I've never I've yep. worked in this job for ten years and I've never yep. ever worked we've never been fully staffed. I work at a hospital, so like that's a whole yep. other story. But right. like, well, and and not only that, but out 14. of those fourteen people, these are fourteen people saying that they will leave if they have to. Right. Out of that fourteen, once it comes down to it, there's probably five. That are actually None of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They'll they'll change their mind real quick when it's actually put to the test. Yep. It was just like on paper, I'm saying no, you know. But once the it whole comes fire around, department, okay, let's do this. Yeah. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like the entire yeah. fire department's going to collapse over 14 yeah. individuals. I don't want you coming to my house if you haven't got your vaccine. Yeah. Right. Right. It's the same reason I had to get my tuberculosis shot where I have my job. I have to get a flu shot every yeah, we don't have those stupid arguments, we all know. But you're you're hundred percent right. And it's it's funny when they say that like I work in healthcare and it's always like the great everyone's well, it is tribute, everyone is leaving healthcare, but like it's not because of the vaccines. But it's so funny, like not a single person left my the company I work for, I don't or at least in my orbit in my hospital, no one I know left because of the vaccine. They're all like everyone who was on the fence about it was like, All right, I don't want to get fired, I'll get it. <laughs> like I've, my neighbor, I've watched... my neighbor is a nurse here, and nobody left. They're like, all right, cool. They all got the it. shot. They're like, okay, all right. I guess we have to do it. Like they'll make their opinions known on this, sure. like if and they're asked, should. and like, yeah, and that's fine. But when it came down to it, they're like, okay, well, I guess it's not that strong of an opinion, you know? Yeah. Like, so. I mean, I, I, I was, um, God, I got mine in December. I was like opposite. I was like pounding down the door, like put that in oh, my arm as too. fast as you can. Yes.
Uh, was I was I was writing to so many different agencies and groups and trying to get in there. It was yeah. ridiculous. When I finally got it, I was so excited because all my friends around me were getting it. And my wife works in healthcare, so she got it immediately. I'm yeah. like, huh, how long do I have to wait to get this? Like, I, I, I cried. It was I got it in December, my first one. And then it was like being 21 again because I had my shot. Nobody else I knew did. So I had no one I could hang out with. Uh, it was but the like, last one. I was the last one, and like oh my, my group God. of friends was like, "Finally!" Jeez. Like, oh. Yeah, it, it's it's so incredible. I, I'm so happy that I know. I just it's a, I you know I, I kind of be like, "Oh, it's so weird. It's a weird time." And then like I'll read all about history. I'm like, "This has happened time and time again." Like, yeah, it's, it's been worse. It's been better. It's gonna be worse. It's gonna be better. Yeah, we we just have to find a way to stop promoting this minority of crazies you know what i mean like i sorry the word that word's terrible crazies but this minority of broken individuals that create horrible in the world you know like it just it's it's not fair to the rest of us most most people in this i mean we just went through a four-year presidency with one of the most like uh unpopular presidents in my history yeah. you know what i mean like blows my mind you know what i mean like that we are we have given so much attention to these small groups uh that that really we don't have to pay attention to like it's like but here we are yeah because i know they make news they yeah. make news it's all ad revenues and it, it's terrible and yeah. God, the, the GOP, the salt they never had. And well, yeah. that, that, yeah, that's here nor there, but yeah. And, it's, and, it's, and then it's, you have, then you have this leftist media that we hear about helping them. You I, know what I mean? With this crap, like the get some media, media doesn't freaking exist. It doesn't exist. And I know. It can't prove to me that exists because yeah. I see them every day still bringing Trump up, still bringing this stuff up and still creating news stories out of right wing bigots that shouldn't have a microphone. You know, I mean, that if anything he's good at is just getting that cycle of people talking about him and ad yeah. revenue. And it's yeah. just, it is disgusting. I remember when he first got elected, everyone's like, yeah, but think of how good art is going to be. I was like, I don't need art. A no. is already great. And B, I actually yeah. don't think we got much great art out of his presence. No, we didn't get shit out of it. Yeah. We don't have like because because it was too awful to have any art. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like when it's like on the fence awful, it's a little easier to be artistic about your protest of it. But with him, it was almost like it, it was almost like too ironic. You know what I mean? Like it was just like, what do I even say? Like, screw like, Trump. Was, and everybody's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, of course, screw Trump. What? Yeah. Like, like, who are you even talking to in this scene that thinks you're not to, you know, like just the old hardcore guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like five of them. Like, you know, yeah, he's like, I know, I know it is. I, I always love that that stuff. It always, it's so crazy. Oh man. So, um, you know, we got, as we start kind of wrapping it up, like, so, um, man, so with the tour, this will drop on Monday. So, yes, the Providence State will have passed, but you'll be like just doing those run with yep. Frank Turner. So, man, that's got to be interesting touring during a major of COVID. It's crazy. And I, I have to say also that I'm very happy with how Frank's running this. Uh, his team is running this. We'll be doing uh, rapid tests every two to three days. Oh, and great. after any off days, 
after any off days, we'll be doing rapid testing. Uh, no one that's not in the crew or bands are allowed backstage. It's, uh, you know, vaccines are required, all of this stuff. They're doing it very well and in a way where everyone can feel safe being there. I love that. You know, yeah. I, I don't, you know, I, I mean, it's just, it's very nice to see people working to make this happen regardless, you know what I mean? Because this is what we live on. We have to. Uh, we have yeah. to get out on the road. We have to do this. So in order to do this, and this is why I get very upset. I want to say this uh, everywhere I go, why I get upset with these anti-vaxxers. Um, because you are ruining my life. Like, yep. that's the problem here, is that you are making my job impossible. And I don't give a shit what your opinion is on it. Well, you could just go out and do it. No, I can't. Because no, I'm a decent, can't. respectable human being. And I understand what could happen to me and my children and my family and those around me if we don't all just hit that immunity mark. You know, there is a herd immunity mark that if we all get this vaccine, and it's not even 100%, I think it's 60 it's to 80%. Yeah. yeah. And and you know what? Jack off, if like we get it, you can thank me later. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if a few of you don't want to get it, you'll still have the herd immunity because of that and you're welcome. But like, we got to get more people getting this vaccine because if we don't we will not hit that mark and we'll still be doing this silly shit three five years from now i just um yeah i just and just having no that. respect for anyone but yourself it's yeah it's I, I, I have no patience for it anymore i don't care about their arguments i don't care about their bullshit i'm done like you are tapping into my family you know what i mean you it's you're done i'm done you know like, so on that note, I'm just very happy that there are bigger musicians who are making this happen and taking the security measures needed in order to make this happen. So um, praise to them for that. No, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I know. I, I, I think about that too. Like a smaller band can't, it's just, I don't know. They, I just yeah. don't like how much attention we give or even like, why do we listen to these people? Like we bend we over shouldn't. backwards. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Don't give them a microphone. Fuck like them. just like, oh well, we can't even require vaccines in venues because one person might like, well, fuck them, then they can't come they, in. Like, yeah, that's uh, Boy Sets Fire just did a did a a real short tour down to Furnace Fest, and we required it, and I I literally watched doormen turn people away at the door, and I waved, bye. Good. Like, I'm fucking. Yeah, you always have here. the. You always have like it will say like you know where I live. I'm thankfully in the Northeast, but like it's like mask required, and then you walk in and no one's wearing one. Which right. you know for me, the grocery store is one thing, but like a concert's like I yeah. don't know, a little different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Just, I yeah. imagine if you're on the road, like you don't want to like all right. Then you said it's okay, and then you get there, you're like, well, now I'm out either payday or I'm risking, or you're, yeah, yeah, you're you're out, you're out, you're out ten days if you get if you get sick or someone in your crew yeah. like. That's yeah. money lost. Uh, yeah, too. fortunately, I'm I'm vaccinated, so if I get it, it's not going to be as hardcore. But like, still, I'll be out for like ten days. Yeah, still don't want to get it. <laughs> no, still don't want it. And, I don't like getting uh, no, sick. And that was another thing. Like, we were all required to wear masks backstage, like all that, until we're playing. And it's like, I I just really appreciate that kind of thing. I, love I appreciate that. that musicians are taking a stand because that's what's really going to change some hearts and minds. Is is because, you know, I think there was an old Doug Stanhope uh, bit where he talked about how you can't force Americans to do things, but you can 
uh, inspire, not inspire. I can't remember. Incentivize. Yeah. Incentivize. So, and, and art is one of those things. You don't need art to live. So it's different if you're like, you can't eat or have anything to drink unless you get vaccinated. But if you say you can't have music, you're not killing anybody, but you are incentivizing the fuck out of them. You know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, know, I, I, I agree with that. Yeah. I, yeah, I went to we went to go see Mike Birbiglia and like we just had to wear a mask and when he performed and it was great. I was like, good, I can see comedy yeah. again. I, I'd like to not yeah. wear this thing. We're all in the same boat. Yeah, no but, one like, loves it, it. But yeah. And honestly, too, like you ever think about how fortunate we are? Like there's this brand, there's a virus that's killing hundreds of thousands of people, and we can we can slow it down by putting this small piece of cloth over your face. Right. Like so easy. It's yeah. the, my my four-year-old goes to preschool and wears it for six hours a day. Yeah, doesn't even bother her. My nephew. I go to yeah, I go to school board meetings all the time because of all the idiots that show up, and always just I tell them how my kids are good with it. Everybody's good with it. Haven't seen you outside the school protesting. You just come to these things. You're probably not even from here. Like you know what I mean. Like we have zero problems uh, with this. Yeah, my nephew will wear his even when he doesn't have to because he wants when I'm hanging out with him outside or something because he wants to rub in his face that he has a cool Spider-Man mask on and I don't. That's awesome. And I'm a little like jealous it. too because it's right, like right. Miles, <laughs> it's Miles. I'm like, oh, I want the mask. <laughs> so I love it. It's so cool. That's awesome. Uh, so where can people find you online and uh, what what are your upcoming tour dates? Awesome. You can go to Nathan Gray Music at, on. Instagram and Facebook. Um, now I primarily use Instagram. It's my favorite. Uh, so everything I put onto Instagram just gets forwarded to Facebook. Cause I don't feel like messing with Facebook. Um, sure. and then on Twitter, I'm at Nathan Gray songs. So, and I, I, I don't really use Twitter that much either. I've Instagram's my jam. That's just where I go. Yeah. Uh, but, um, but, um, yeah, you can find me Nathan Gray music pretty much where I like to be. And um, and then um, I have this upcoming tour of Frank Turner. And then at the end of that, October 29th, I'm playing at the Fest. Uh, and then in December, I'm going to Europe to play a tour. Uh, and then I will be looking at March here in the US to do another full tour. And can so people a lot of things coming up. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I always forget something. Yes. If you go to uh, now, the vinyl is sold out in the U.S., but there are still CDs available. Uh, you can also, if you want to pay the extra like 20 bucks, you can still order the vinyl from from End Hits in Europe. But Death Wish is sold out of the vinyl, uh, but they still have about 30 CDs left if you want to get it. Um, also. I am playing a record release show in Philadelphia on November 5th, where I will have about a hundred CDs. Nice. And, and this is about a week before the album comes out. So if you really want to get a CD, that's where you get it. Um, and that's it. Awesome, man. Hello, Meat Popsicles. Why don't you grab your multipass, a drink, and come sit with us? Let's pick each other's brain. We want you to be part of our intimate conversation about science fiction topics. Let's do this. Join us and let's talk about science fiction topics in books, movies, TV shows, and games. At Science Fiction Remnant, you are invited to listen in. 
Listen now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget your multipass. This show is a proud member of the Let's Chat Club. Learn more about how we're helping podcasts to build conversation, connection, and community at letschatpodcast.net.